0: Kia I'm Anne O'Brien, director of the Auckland Writers' Festival, and you're listening to a 2016 festival podcast proudly powered by Spark. When does philanthropy end and dirty self-promotion begin, asked UK philosopher Julian Bugini in a recent newspaper article. The question comes as Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg defends his limited liability foundation from accusations of doing bad under the guise of doing good, and charities struggle to raise funds as the wealth gap widens. Doesn't matter if cash for causes is tainted, that philanthropists may not be entirely altruistic. For an exploration of the sinuous ethics of philanthropy, of high minded purity versus pragmatic utilitarianism, join Julian Bugini, Kate Frickberg, and Gareth Morgan in conversation with Wallace Chapman in a session supported by the Auckland Communities Foundation. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome
1: to the Moral Mixing Desk. Now, Julian Bugini is one of UK's most loved uh, philosophers. He's written eight... Well, you are. Used to Um, be. He used to be. Uh, He's written 18 books on a variety of topics uh, and is the editor of the Philosophers magazine, which he co-founded in 1997. A round of applause for Julian. Thank you. Fritberg is the chair of Phil- Philanthropy NZ, an independent committee member of the Naitahu Fund and chair of the Think Tank Charitable Trust. Uh, Kate was the ASB Businesswoman of the Year 2000 uh, and received the NZ Order of Merit for Services to Business and the Community in 2000. A round of applause for Kate, please. Good to have you on. Yeah. Uh, Gareth Morgan uh, is a very well-known New Zealander economist, philanthropist, cat hater. Uh, cat lover, I mean, bird lover, I mean, <laughs> uh, and is behind an all-encompassing charity called the Morgan Foundation. A uh, round of applause for, for Gareth here. Thanks for coming <laughs> on, Gareth. <clears throat> um, just out of interest, I mean, those of you, uh, in terms of uh, giving away money, uh, uh, in the last month, May, who gave something away to charity? <laughs> so what about that 65, 70%? Julie, surprised?
2: Uh, well, no, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure about that. Because I think a lot of us now, uh, most a lot of people will set up in Britain a direct debit, a bank payment. It's every month. So you make the decision Then you have to think about it. So when I say I've given it away, I know I've given it away because I've got a monthly thing going out of my account, yeah? And I, I think that kind of way of making giving easy is is quite important because, you know, there's a lot of inertia involved in this. Most people, if you ask them, I think believe they should give away more than they do, feel a bit bad that they don't. Um, but you know, managing it becomes difficult. So e- easy, ways, easy ways to give is quite helpful.
1: Were you surprised 65% of people in here gave away? Is that, good? Is that, is that representative of New Zealand?
3: Uh, yeah, we, we are a generous, generous nation, nation um, internationally. Um, I think there's always room to improve. Um, but yes, most of us are generous not only with our money but also with our time and with our acts of generosity.
1: What do you think? Hey, by the way, is there a handheld mic here somewhere? Is there one? Can you bring one down to me, please? Just bring it, bring it down uh, to the front. What about you, Gareth? Sixty-five percent.
4: Yeah, I think it's um, probably higher than it used to be, um, and has become quite popular. But you know, just to throw a cat in there. Um, <laughs> here we go. I, um, I mean, there's a difference between Sir Bob's gold coin donation and. The other end of the scale, you know, where the rich man said to Mother Teresa, how much shall I give? And the reply was, you give until it hurts. So it depends very much where on that scale you are as to whether you think it's a big deal or not. I think your dad's 10% was probably what do you think? A pretty big deal, um, I would have thought. You know, if that's year after year he was doing that. then. I oh. rang my
1: mother to sort of confirm that, and that, that was it. He always thought there were, there, were, Kate, there were people that deserved it, and even though we were pretty poor in Munnaroo and South Auckland, uh, there were people in our community who were very poor.
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we used to be a very egalitarian nation, and we're actually not that anymore. Most of us do very nicely. We live very comfortably. Some of us really do not. And in my take is... If we are lucky enough to live comfortably, why wouldn't we share some of what we have? Let's, let's just... Let, I think it's a
1: round of applause for that. Is this going? Um, what about... Have you, have you given any, any money away in the last month? <laughs> yes. What to? Um, forest and bird. For, oh, very good. Round of, Very, very good. What about you, sir?
5: Oh, I'm ex- first of all, I'm from Germany, but we give... Oh,
1: you thousands. <laughs> <laughs> We give to uh, child children in underdeveloped countries, mm. so not to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> not, not <too> <laughs> what about you? Have you given away any money?
0: Yes, um, Red Cross and Blind Foundation.
1: Red Cross and Blind Foundation. What about you?
0: No, I haven't.
1: <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you here to find out?
3: You'll convince me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Round the panel, what is philanthropy, Gareth?
4: Well, I mean... What's the definition my, of that? Yeah, well, my, pers- my perspective was probably a little different than maybe a lot of, people's, but of people. But, I mean, over my life, I've come into three now pretty major windfalls. And even when the first one occurred, you know, I sort of looked at my wife and she looked at me and said, what the hell are we going to do with this? You know, we don't, we don't need it. We didn't need any more when we lived in a bus. So this is quite embarrassing, this, this amount of money, what should we do with it? And then somebody from the television, might have been you actually, Wallace, I can't quite remember, said, what are you going to do with it? And I said, oh, <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't think of any answer, so I said, I give it away. And um, my wife rang up that night and said, well, you're bloody well not giving away my part. <laughs> oh, I came. Fair enough, someone says. <laughs> So I'm still not sure really what it is, but we're doing it, and it's, um, I do it just because it's so much fun.
1: Well, give us an insight into a person who uh, you know, does a lot of philanthropy and has, uh, as you say, have had windfalls. So you've got a, uh, you've got a cu- large cushion to give away. Yeah. What do you do? Do you just sit back and have a Heineken and go, I'm going to give away this to that?
4: Well, once I'd made the commitment on the TV, which was a bit embarrassing. It was a case of the mouth going before the brain, but never mind. Um, I thought, well, how? the next question is, how do you do it? You know, what are you going to do? I mean, I could put, just get all the money and stick it in a wee plane and fly over Auckland and just throw it out <laughs> like confetti. And I thought about that for a nanosecond, and thought, well, that's not very satisfying. So it was immediately, I was on the other side now. How do I actually do this in a way that is satisfying? And I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but we've been through a long search process over quite a few years now. And the way we do it is um, the projects, uh, they've got to be fun for us, which is not what you might actually first think of. Because the way I think about it more and more as I've come to know the sector, is that there's many more charities than there are causes. Mm -hmm. Many more. Mm. And so how the hell, (coughs) I'm an economist, right? So how do I allocate across this? And in the end, it all got too hard. And I said, well, We'll have fun. So, as some of you will know, we spend a lot of time motorcycling around the world. Um, a lot of time. And so now, every time we do a motorcycle trip, we do one or two projects. We just find them and do them. And somehow, you have a connection. And I think, you know, if you've got a connection with um, a charitable cause, that's enough right. probably mm-hmm. to for you to pick that one.
1: Kate, I want to ask you something, because you've just been to the US on a, uh, you know, a philanthropy co- uh, uh, conference, mm-hmm. and the big question I think that I have, and I think many people will have here, is that compared to the United States, do we have a philanthropy scene? Because you often hear that people in the US, I don't know, Julian, you can comment on this as well, they have a massive philanthropy scene. They're better at giving than us. What's the case?
3: Uh, it, it's true. Um, the US is more philanthropic than New Zealanders. Um, they're also more open about it. In fact, sometimes they you know, wave a great big flag from the top of the roof to say how wonderful I am.
1: Any Americans here? <laughs> Put your hand up. Where are you? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Excuse me. Excuse me. What do you give to?
5: Oh, recently, I've given to something called Buddhist geeks. Okay. They, they do, like, digital presentation of the Buddhist dharma.
1: And do you just give and give and give?
5: Uh, yeah, it, it comes out of my bank account every month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice one, very, very good.
3: Um, so the US, they're more, they're more philanthropic. They're, they're more philanthropic and they're more open about it. So, um, and I think that's good. I, I think in New Zealand very often we give. And we, you can see it in the room today, we're, we're giving. How, how much do we talk about it? It's almost something which we're a bit embarrassed about it and we, we, we don't... We don't talk about what we're giving to. We don't talk about the fact we have money to give. And what that does is it means we don't create that culture of giving and we don't share what we're learning. So I think we've got something to learn from the US about being open about giving and just making it something that we do. I think perhaps we don't also always need to go to the extent that the US does in some some ways of making it... um, part of your personal brand. I mean there, there's a difference between waving a flag, flag and being open. But yes, I think I think we can we can mm. we can change our culture a little bit. Personal
1: brand. What do you what do you think Julian?
2: Well, I mean, you know, also always philanthropy, the, the the root of it is of well, course love of humanity and financial giving is only one part of that, I think. And I get a bit uncomfortable. I mean, I was a bit uncomfortable when you went around asking people, have you given recently? Because I, I, I've... you know, OK, so for example, I'll give you a little anecdote from when I was at school. It was the time of the Ethiopian famine, right? You know, and you remember we had the, the record. I don't know if it was released over here, the fundraising record. And our teacher asked, her, who's, who's bought this record here? And people put their hands up. And everyone felt very great. I didn't put my hand up. I hadn't bought it. Why hadn't I bought it? Because I'm heartless... No, actually, no, because, actually, I think, I, I thought, spend a pound on a record, I just went to the bank and made a donation, more than the value of the record, actually. But in terms of the social kind of approval, the people who got the record got to wear the badge and get the sticker, they got the social approval. The people quietly giving the money don't. And also, if you talk about the, you know, philanthropy being a broader help, the woman who, who said she hadn't given any money, I mean, I don't know whether overall, you know, the, we, I just can ask people what they give money on or not, doesn't tell us whether overall they are more philanthropic, expressing their love for humanity more. So I don't like to focus too much on that. And then culturally, sorry for going on a bit, with America, mm-hmm. uh, that's another reason why I think it's a bit simplistic to say they're more philanthropic. There is more individual private giving in America. Does that mean it's a more philanthropic culture? I'm not sure. One of the reasons is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Americans in the audience, there's, there is more of an individualistic culture there, there's lower taxation, there's more sense of personal responsibility. Now what about, how do you compare Scandinavian Scandinavia they go for a high-tax redistribution model the philanthropy is, is institutionalized and so again you know the flip side of the American philanthropy is tipping right in New Zealand you don't tip much right why because you get a decent wage, and you get your respect and your dignity through a proper wage in America Waitresses and waitresses get paid terribly. They don't get the dignity of that. They have to rely on this kind of tip in order to live. So, you know, I think when we're trying to just just work out whether we are philanthropic people or a philanthropic culture, you've got to look at the whole picture and not just focus on financial giving.
1: Okay. I just want to go back to Mr. Merica to respond to that. (laughs) What do you think about what he said? No I
5: think that's I, I would agree with you uh, almost completely because I think um <laughs> the United States is is a highly unequal society um and and and, and actually I I believe that uh that where societies are more unequal you get less solidarity and more of uh, individualism in that sense so if you if you talk about the root of philanthropy coming from the love of of man or the human being, it's actually the love of the other. And in the United States, there is very little of that, and there is quite a bit of love of the self. Hi, hey,
1: great response. Very good. <clears throat> a Bernie Sanders supporter there. <laughs> um, can, can, around, around the panel then, do you, uh, do you, are we predisposed? Is, is, is the human being predisposed, do you think, uh, to... Philanthropy is it in our uh, human nature, Gareth, uh, or does it go against the grain you 've got a pocket full of money on your wage, and you, 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 you want to take you, well you don 't want to take ten percent out to give to something or the oh, person on yeah. the street?
4: No, I think we are predisposed i 'd like to believe that anyway um, to it. whether you do it as your dad did all the way through ten percent a week, or whether you more like me get a windfall and say, "What the hell are we going to do with this um, i don 't know, but I think it is. I mean, I just found that weight of money too much to handle. Um, I mean, wow. how well, how many motorbikes can I have? We're going to say, you know, <laughs> do, you know, it's just but nuts. Bob Jones doesn't have the same problem. No, he, Bob doesn't. <laughs> i leave you to reach your own conclusions mm. um, about that. But, you know, I definitely have it. I mean, in far as the argument that, well, New Zealand or Scandinavia, it's institutionalised, so we don't have to do it, I don't agree with that at all. I didn't say we don't um, have to do it. No, I'm no, saying, right. no. I mm-hmm. know you weren't saying that, Julian, but, I mean, I think of what we do, 70% of it is offshore. Um, it started with 100% because I looked at this society and thought, well, this society's actually ridiculously rich. You know, why would you... You know, and it's got a welfare state. Exactly the, the rationale. It's institutionalised. You don't need to do it. Um, you just crowd each other out. So we did it overseas. But then, as I've gone through, then, and I've seen the holes in New Zealand where the state is not reaching into, I've gone, oh, actually, I got that a bit wrong, um, and have come back. The other thing I'd like to just raise, Julian's point about noise or the American thing, syndrome, noise, as opposed to anonymous donors, you know, under the table, all that stuff. I make a lot of noise um, about a lot of the stuff we do. I do it absolutely deliberately, and the reason is to get leverage. I either get leverage in the money donated, dollar for dollar, mm-hmm. done a few of those, John Campbell's done a few of those on the TV, raised a lot of money that way, Well, I've just matched it, or I do it to get leverage of publicity mm-hmm. um, on the cause, CATS. Alright, so you give a little bit of money and everybody knows about, you know, I spent my whole career as an economist, right, two weeks old cats, what am I known as? (laughs) <laughs>
3: Do you want to explain to Julian
4: you about I'm your cat I'm just telling thing? you it works. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. he, he,
1: he's a bird lover, and the yeah. na- the nature our uh, indigenous um, bird life has been wiped out apparently by cats. Right. And that's he's be, he's been banging on about this for a long time, uh, philanthropically. Uh, of yeah. Course. One day I'll get there. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, look, look, what about what about you, Kate? I mean, uh, the human nature. Are we uh, predisposed to be philanthropic?
3: Yeah, I, I think we Do you are. you think we are? I totally think we are, but I also think the word philanthropy is not a very helpful word. I mean, for a start, it sort of gets confused with stamp collecting or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, or, or even philandering, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. But, but, but you've if you
1: covered this in your co- in your in your the uh, group, have
3: you? <laughs> I never yeah. thought of that. Um, but but to, to your point, Julian, about philanthropy being more than money. Well, if you talk about the word generosity, th- then you can start talking about oh giving of yeah. money, a mm. giving of time, helping mm. strangers, acting with kindness. And, and that concept is a much more useful concept, I think. And I don't think we could function as a species without mm. generosity, without mm. sharing what, what we have. Um, and I just want to go back to your national parks. I mean, in fact, the first national park was the gift of Mark uh, right. To, by by the local iwi mm. there to create the first okay. national park, yes, yes, yes. um, and Māori culture talks about how it could only survive through the sharing, through reciprocity, through through, through giving, because mm. you know one food source was here here this time of year, another food source at the other. So through surviving, through sharing what we have, mm. we we create our existence and our well-being. There. Mm.
1: Nice words. A round of applause for Kate. I think that's a nice, uh, very, very nice sentiment. Um, but just um, on, on that, on the, uh, the, the nature, the, uh, the altruistic nature of philanthropy. So, so you give away uh, your several windfalls uh, you've had, um, but you make it well known that Gareth Morgan is behind it, uh, as opposed to an anonymous dona- donator yeah. who will give away something and not even want to know... You want to get any um, naming rights mm. from it, no brand. Uh, what about that? Is that real philanthropy when, say, for example, a major businessman called Sir Owen Glenn mm. decides to uh, give away, I don't know, a hundred or so million dollars to the business school to build a, a, a glass and marble mon- monument? What sort of philanthropy is that?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the, this session was called M- the Moral, the Moral Mixing, Mixing, Desk. Mixing Desk. And the reason for that was, you know, uh, when you look at whether something's right or wrong and everything, p- people often want, like, the, the answer which is going to be explained on one axis, you know. In fact, there are lots of different things that are going on uh, in giving, and it's how the different levels all kind of line up. Now, in terms of anonymity over uh, publicness in general, it very much depends on the context. And my point was not to say that everyone should always give anonymously and that 's the best it 's just simply that we 've got to be a bit wary of the idea of you know automatically assuming the people who are most well known for their giving are the most generous, kindest people and, and you know because we don 't know someone gives assuming they don 't that's my just a warning sign but all the reasons Gareth has for going public are very, very good ones, and I think in Britain too actually, we need a few more people partly to sort of shame other wealthy people as well into giving you know know, it's like yeah i'm giving up why are you but um but then you'll go back to the question of what yeah with with the naming rights and all that kind of thing well this is very tricky now from the point of view of a good cause there's an extent to which you shouldn't care too much about that if it's a win-win so you know if in order to do something really good you've got to massage someone's ego and put their name on the front that's usually a price worth paying where it becomes difficult is where the source of the money or the person is is deeply unsavoury, and you're kind of you know inadvertently also promoting something unfair, or giving excessive credit where it isn't due, or also perhaps you know diluting you know the integrity of what it is you're doing. You know, I mean, in order to, for trust is very important in philanthropy. I think you'd agree with this big, big, big issue in Britain. We've got huge problems with trust because of all sorts of scandals around fundraising techniques. Um, where people are not happy about those. They, they think it's become uh, v- very shoddy and, and, and misleading and selling mailing lists. So uh, there are these issues of you know, protecting the integrity, not trying to sort of like give rewards to nefarious causes and everything. Generally speaking, the bottom line is money is going to a good cause, and if it's not going to have a really clear harm by putting someone's name on it, yeah, massage the ego and swallow the pride would be my view. <laughs> Massage the eagle and swallow the pride. Kate?
3: I, if I can just add to that. I think the technical um, definition of philanthropy over and above the love of humanity is that it is the giving of financial resources for the public good without an expectation of a return. Right. So under mm. that definition, getting naming rights is not really philanthropy. It's actually sponsorship. Mm. Um, oh. <laughs> Having said that, I, I think it goes under the guise of philanthropy quite often. Yeah. would you agree with that, Gareth?
4: Yeah, I do. Um, I mean we've had in New Zealand recently the discussion about essentially philanthropy being a vehicle for laundering money, dirty monies or, or influence is another one where you know a guy's got dirty money somehow and then does big you know donations um, out there. Um, but that's to buy influence. You know, that's the whole, whole um influence on politics. And I think that whole aspect of it, you know, is becoming more and more relevant. I suspect there has to be a, san- um, a sanitation test passed, you know, more on um, charities. I'm just about to do a book on this, by the way. Um, I just feel that the definition of charities... Um, in New Zealand anyway is taken from an 1860 British statute, I think it's um, very much out of date now um, it's supposed to be for the public good, but I can tell you instance after instance where it's actually for the good of the people who are essentially making the donation um, sports clubs would be an example of that, churches what? would be an example of churches? that, so I'm, Really? I'm, I'm coming down the road at churches Absolutely. Mm, <laughs> interesting We'll,
1: um, uh, well, we'll have, uh, start thinking of some questions um, uh, very, very shortly uh, because we want to come to you. And do make them questions, not statements or speeches, please, uh, uh, if, if we could. So charity, I mean, should what do you think, Julian? Should charities accept money from sources that are, shall we say, controversial? It's back to the moral mixing desk, isn't it? So, for example, uh, a local kids' soccer group getting money from a soft drink manufacturer, mm. uh, a free fun run brought to you by uh, KFC or McDonald's, <laughs> Um, you know, because this has been a big issue, yeah. um, uh, you know, hasn't it? And also in the US uh, with some oil companies wanting to donate to some environmental groups to be seen to be doing their bit.
2: Yeah, well, actually, when, when the, that kind of sponsorship, which is a better word to call yeah. it, yeah, I, I agree with that, is, is sponsorship. Now, that's got to be very deeply problematic because you've got to ask, you know, what is being bought? And the thing is, you know, you're not just the beneficiary there what you're doing is you're selling something that you have as an organization to the person buying it you're selling them credibility and so forth now the question is is that a fair value for the sale was first question but more importantly is that something you should even consider selling at whatever price and so i don't i don't think you should i don't think you should now the thing is people say look you know we need this private money coming into things if we start turning it away the bottom line is you're going to like you're going to stop kids getting sports facilities and you're going to you know, stop them having sort of libraries and everything. And so, again, you just have to kind of bite your lip and do it. But I, th- I think, you know, we've got to be a bit more long term about this. Society has got to think about the kind of society it's going to um, construct. And I think it, if, if it is indeed the case that without this corporate sponsorship, these facilities would not be built, I think we then no- need to ask, well, what are we doing wrong that we can't build them without this corporate sponsorship? So yeah, when it goes to the name on the board, you've got to be very, very careful indeed. And you know, if they really believe in it, if KFC really believe in it, if KFC want to give a load of money to build stuff and without having their name all over the branding and all that kind of thing, and you know, slip it in paragraph seven of their company report, we might accept that. <laughs> you
1: know? yeah. yeah. What about, um, you, you mentioned this inequality in society. Okay, and I want to sort of bring that in perhaps as a reason perhaps for us to, uh, including myself, to be thinking about uh, uh, giving a lot more. You know, you saw the news in the weekend. I mean, pretty shocking news. One in ten people in South Auckland now living in a garage and paying $400 a week. It always makes me cry, you know. What, what, what more can we think about in terms of that when it, when it, when it, when it comes to uh, a personal philanthropy? Or by, by putting the onus on us are we letting the government off the hook?
3: Um, it's not either or.
1: Right.
3: Um, I mean, personally, I'd happily pay more taxes. Um, I, I think- Hands up those who
1: agree. Hey. <laughs> 80%. You too.
4: Absolutely. I pay very little tax. Wallet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll talk about that in the next uh, panel. Um, uh, keep going. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it's, it's not either or. We, we, the last thing we want to do is let, let the government off the hook on their social contract. Um, and, and the government redistribution of wealth is a pretty f- efficient way of doing things, really. Um, but that doesn't let us off the hook either because the government's doing stuff. I mean, mm. we have a... The world I want to live in is one where everybody thrives and everybody contributes. So if we are seeing... Some of our, our our people not able to to live with dignity and and not able to make their contribution. Well, what are we gonna, what are we doing about it? It's not like there's any easy answers, mm. but there's systemic answers through government, and there is individual answers through us. Like, what what do
2: we do? Just to reinforce that thing that it's not either or, because I find that so often it's very very frustrating that people say you're letting people off the hook, and, and you know, or, or people simply say if they're more than Sort of North American bent that it's not the government's business, etc., etc. I mean, so often the solution is to both. You know what I mean? It's like you know, uh, you can both give because there's there's a problem that needs solving. It's not being solved by the government. People can then give, and at the same time, they can also campaign. And also, their giving can be part of the campaigning actually, because it's always sending a signal that this is a social priority. And you know, if you want to win votes, you've got to attract the kind of people who are so concerned by this issue. They're actually giving up their own time and resources for it.
1: Do you think, do I actually, can I get you to respond to, to that and when, when you look at the inequality well, of society? I mean, that, take that example. I mean, wasn't it shocking, Gareth, that 10% of people in South Auckland living in garages? Okay, so what do, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what, what do you make of that when it comes to a personal philanthropy? Well,
4: some of it, that sort of thing is institutionalised anyway, so the government is party to the problem. I'll give you an example of that. You know, the main client base in terms of money going into your Sky Casino here. We know where that comes from. It comes from South Auckland, and then the money's recycled back out through the charities to um, the sports, uh, to, you know sports for kids and that, and Eastern Bays and North Shore and so on. So you know what you've got effectively is the kids of, of the families of Otara subsidising the sports activities of the people in the you know middle to upper classes. So you know, oh. and that's embedded, That's that's part of the law. Is that that's what has to ha- you know that's what has to happen with sky's profit. So, and I'm not just picking on them. I mean I'm on this um, this Lancet Global Obesity Commission for my sins. And one of the big issues we're facing is the lack of traction um, by governments around the world to do anything about obesity. Britain is one of the exceptions after Mexico with the sugar tax. But generally speaking, the governments won't act. Um, the when you when you go out and you talk to the public at large, they're all very afraid of um, acting, and the reason is because a lot of these um, big food let's call them um, companies are the major sponsor of sports and community activities by um, this is Julian's point by a mile. So you know this this blurred line between sponsorship. Um, and um, true philanthropy, I think we need to do quite a bit of work on to define oh the my difference. Oh, um, That's a complex issue. Well, yeah, the the main thing, uh, yeah, it is. It is, and you just have a subject, uh, just have a series of tests as to whether this is sponsorship, you know, that you're running around the field on with a Kentucky Fried Chicken shirt on your back, um, or whether it's actually, you know, some sort of philanthropy. It's pretty clear what it is. So long way to go. Mm.
1: Moral mixing desk: uh, Kate Fritberg, uh, Gareth Morgan, and Julian Beggini. Um uh, I mean, do you want to pick up on anything what Gareth
2: said? No, there? no, I'm mean, I'm with him. You, you agree? No, I'm fine. You yeah, absolutely, yeah,
1: you absolutely agree. Do you think that in a, in a in a perfect world, in a absolute pure world, Kate, there would be um, no need for uh, Philanthropy. We would pay our taxes. They might be a little bit higher. In fact, quite a bit higher. Uh, and the government would be funding. Oh, I'm just thinking because of the U.S. Right. I mean, my brother, Esau, lives in the uh, United States. Has um, for about uh, 20 years now. Um, it's an extraordinary user pay society, and that's especially when it comes to health. Yes. Yeah, so, so for example, he needs to get stitches uh, on his thumb. Uh, goes to the ambulance here. It's about what 57 dollars uh, in Michigan. It's a thousand. Yeah. He couldn't believe it. He rang me up to tell me. you know. Um, so uh, those societies, they need philanthropy. Yeah. That's how it exists. You cannot get arts funding.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think in an ideal world, we would have communities where we look after ourselves and we look after each other, which would mean that there'd be less, less need for government agencies, there'd be less need for... Um, for charities, have been used for philanthropy. Well, we don't live in that ideal world. And I guess right. even if, even if we did, there's always going to be there's always stuff we can share. There's always stuff we can get. So I don't know that we would ever be in a world without giving. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be in a world without extremes of wealth. Given that we are in a, a world with with does have extremes of wealth. Well, what are we going to do about that? Philanthropy can be part of the problem but it can be part of the solution. And, you know, the way I look at it, giving is good. Um, and if we can give in a way which addresses some of those deeper issues, well, then it's even better.
2: I mean, I- the ideal world is a good way of putting it, actually, because what is the ideal world? One kind of ideal world is if you like uh, pre-modern kind of thing where people live more naturally in small communities, where they knew each other. And in those communities, you tend to find there aren't huge degrees of inequality. Um, people share naturally. And also, there's generally quite a lot of hospitality to strangers. Mm. They don't romanticise that. There's also mm. wars with you know, other tribes and whatever else it might be. Now, that, that's not the world that we live in, and in the world we live in what we 've got is a complex world with a huge populations, and so that means you can 't just rely on that kind of self organizing empathetic response because you know you, you can 't spread your empathy that far there are people but just faces to us there are people in the street. We pass. And that's, that's why, you know, so we're going back to is this human nature. There is a basic human nature impulse to be kind to people that we see a, up front and close with. But in, in a world of just billions of people, is an anonymity. And people lose that sense of identity. And you get hostility to outside groups, etc. So that's human nature as well, unfortunately. Just as it's human nature when you really confront a person one-to-one to often feel a sympathy for them, it's almost human nature when you see a mass of people over there undifferentiated to be suspicious and, and to not like them so you know in, in that kind of world we, the, the, the structures of the state and of modern charitable giving are things that are the products of this world we live in and, and we, it's finding the, the right balance between them all and, and for the foreseeable future I'm sure we, we absolutely um, do need both, yeah. Mm.
1: Hey, I just want to um, mention something about this um, because, you know, as, as I said at the top of the uh, uh, the, the hour, uh, you know, my wife, Tab, gives to uh, his side. It was, it was quite an open conversation. She really felt the need to start giving, you know, so chose a couple of charities. Dad gave away 10%, and I said you know nothing, and here you are, uh, a bunch of philanthropists. You must be going, what a fucking cheek! Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but if I can explain what I've what I've done all through my life, is I've really believed in the idea of fair trade. Mm. So my idea of giving, perhaps, and maybe you can criticise me on this if it's the right way, or I'm just sort of going through your circles, is instead of buying someone fish, buy some of the tools to catch the fish, mm. right? So right through my life, I'd have gone to trade aid and a, a, and bought. Um, you know, Palestinian olive oil to try and help mm. that industry, or even shoes. That I know, mm. the shoes I used to buy were fair trade shoes, where you'd get a little ticket, which uh, uh, even said the health benefits they had from Nicaragua or something mm. like that. So I would give charity because I believe that that's the best way uh, mm. to dispense my philanthropy is actually giving someone so they have the industry. Am I on the right track, Gareth, or not really? Well, it depends what you paid. Oh, um. well. <laughs> well um, Palestinian olive oil is very expensive. It's $12 a bottle compared to the uh, Pack and Save uh, $4 a bottle.
4: So we're not talking about Chinese goods, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: We're not. No, we're not. No. No, hell okay. no. So you're not going for the best bargain down at the warehouse. Exactly. You? I think you're putting yourself out. By I'm putting myself out. Yeah, good man. Yeah. Well
1: yeah. done, Wallace.
4: Well,
1: yeah. well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not
3: trying to, you know, yeah, yeah. but
2: now you all know. So there yeah, you go. But, but Wallace, actually, I think what you're saying is really important because they are, we're in danger of sort of like completely missing the boat. So, for example, you know, someone's raising money for con- marine conservation and you, you chuck them a fiver. Then you go to the shop and you buy completely unsustainable exactly. fish. Yeah. You know, yes. you're shooting yourself in the foot. In fact, you're, you're contributing to the problem with one hand and you're paying to try and solve it with hey, the other. High five. Right. Come on. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, now so you got my point. Now, now it's not either or of course, you know, but I I do think <laughs> that we, if we if we want this better world, uh, we can't just focus on On our charitable giving, you have to think about the way we live, the way we relate to the economy, our purchasing decisions are important and everything. Now, if if you're an economist, I know a lot of economists are quite skeptical about fair trade, actually, Um, and, and they think that often the benefits get lost and so forth. Well, we could have an argument about that. I think that those worries are overstated, but whether or not we're talking about Fair tra- labelled fair trade products with things on. Nevertheless, some awareness that there are certain kinds of products which are very damaging for the economy and for people and, and certain employers who are very bad who shouldn't be supported and so forth. I mean, you know, if you're wanting to create a better world, you've got to think about that as well, surely.
3: What
1: do you think? I think... I mean, that's what drives my, I guess, my injustice, not so much giving away uh, the money, but when I see, for example, that factory that was burnt to the mm. ground in Bangladesh, it makes my heart cry out. Yeah. And so I say to myself, I ain't going to uh, buy anything from there if I, can, if I can help it. Is that philanthropy to a sense?
3: Yeah, uh, maybe think about a, a model um, that we tried promoting for a while at Philanthropy New Zealand, we had different words for it, but one, one way of putting it is the five plus. So you give five plus of five plus percent of your income or more. So sorry, sorry, let me get mm. this right. Five percent or more of your income each year you give away. Five or more hours of time you give away. Um, five or more percent reduction in the resources you use, and five or more acts of social um, standing up for what's right. So that's a kind of a sort of a um, a way of going across those different different ways of leading a good life. Really, um, I quite like it. Okay, mm-hmm. well, very very good indeed. Right. Right. Hey,
1: ladies, a big round of applause for Gareth Morgan, for Kate yeah. Richards,
0: Julian Virginie. Thank you very much. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Our 2016 Auckland Writers' Festival podcast series is proudly powered by Spark. You can find a range of other talks, interviews and discussions on iTunes, on SoundCloud or on our website, writersfestival.co.nz.